With the winter storm going on, it looks like we have uh, an empty amount of pews here, or they're hopefully at uh, the March for Life for the Diocese at the cathedral. Uh, so I'm not used to preaching to uh, the empty pews here. I'll be looking up more at Brother Ken and Brother Mark up in the choir loft. Uh, so bear with me. I had the uh, blessing of being able to visit my family in the beginning of January for a week. And one of the greatest joys I cherished there was being able to spend time with uh, six of 10 of my nephews and nieces. And, uh, you know, what really would bring a smile to my face was in the mornings when my sister, who lived near my parents, would come with her two little girls, uh, one uh, almost two years old and then another four-year-old. And when they'd come in through that door, uh, you know, each of them in their unique way, different smiles would just come in beaming, radiating with just an innocent joy uh, that, you know, just, you know, kind of spread to everybody in the room. and. Even, uh, you know, my, one of my nephews, we celebrated his first birthday, you know, just a great innocent look in his eyes there. Uh, everyone just, you know, taking part in the joy of that day. One of my other nieces, you know, she, uh, another four-year-old, you could see the maternal instinct in her, just loving to take care of that, uh, the, the one-year-old. And, you know, it just kind of, made me reflect on just the, the beauty of the innocence of, of children and just how much joy they are able to, to radiate to others. In spite of all the problems going on in their families or in the world, they just, uh, in their innocence, can bring nothing but, uh, you know, radiating that joy. And so, you know, it was also a great opportunity to just see how even some of my uh, siblings uh, you know, take care of their, their children, how they, as parents, you know, do their utmost to protect and nourish their, uh, their children. You know, there was one point when I was uh, hiking with my brother and two uh, of his kids, uh, seven-year-old and that four-year-old niece of mine, we were going down uh, the river on my parents' property and coming back up, because it was winter, we didn't think it'd be that overgrown. We didn't bring a machete uh, through this, you know, trail or, you know, unmarked trail rather. And so we started getting bogged down by thorns uh, all over the place, so much so that uh, my four-year-old niece started to uh, get really worried. You know, she said, you know, Dad, Dad, why are we going to get stuck? What if we're here forever? And me kind of being... Uh, you know, maybe the unkind uncle at the time was kind of joking around, oh, well, if we get stuck here, you know, we got the river down there and uh, we'll, we'll make shelter and stay warm with a fire overnight, you know, and uh, eventually though, you know, she really started getting worried, you know, what turned out to be this beautiful day out, outside was kind of turning into a living nightmare for her. Uh, we're gonna get stuck here with all these thorns uh, and she's gonna get pricked by them. And so I could see my brother though, uh, really, uh, comfort her and take care of her, you know, showing that, you know, he will provide for her. He will get her out of this situation. He will always be there, he told her, to, to you know, protect her and care for her. And so it was just, you know, 
a beautiful moment to see how uh, even when we as children get worried, you know, it was a, a nice reflection of how even our Heavenly Father is there even in those moments to protect and care for us. Uh, and so, you know, it's a, it was kind of a fitting way of seeing that fatherly or, you know, even a maternal instinct to protect, to care for an innocent child. And so that's why when this innocence is attacked or, uh, you know, child is harmed, you know, that is why, you know, so often uh, so upsetting and such a, you know, seen as a grievous crime, you know, even in the church, you know, the child abuse scandal. That's why, you know, those who are called father, uh, it was so uh, hurtful to, to hear of so many uh, abuses going on compared to, uh, you know, teachers or strangers or whatever. Uh, it hurts more whenever it's entrusted to those who have a fatherhood or a motherhood. And that is, you know, the kind of the, the, the pain we can feel then of our Heavenly Father and seeing uh, abortion, that killing of an innocent life in the womb take place, you know, how that grieves his most sacred heart. And that is why we th give thanks to God, though, that, you know, steps have been taken in our own country, you know, since Roe v. Wade, over 60 million abortions have taken place. And last year, on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, and all for future years, will be renewed on the Feast of St. John the Baptist, he who leaped in the womb of his mother's womb. It was on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, though, that finally Roe v. Wade was overturned. But we continue to pray and have January 22nd be a day of prayer and fasting that all abortion may be uh, obliterated. And we especially, you know, keep in mind what we can do to protect that, that pure innocence of, uh, of children those who are unborn, those who are most helpless, those who have no voice. First off, uh, we, you know, can not remain silent in our society. Uh, you know, this is not a, just a religious issue for us Catholic Christians, uh, this issue of abortion. It is an issue of justice. You know, if we see our neighbor kicking and beating their dog every day, you know, hopefully we'd probably do something about that. Uh, you know, we would, as a society, you know, try to stop our, our neighbor from being cruel to their animals. Uh, and so it's the same way too, you know, this is a matter of uh, natural law to protect the innocent, to protect those uh, who have yet to be born. And so that's why it's important to, you know, speak up in our society and to vote uh, for politicians who will protect life. You know, we have to be weary of even those who proclaim they're Catholic and yet 
you know, try to separate the religion from their politics, uh, you know, this is not just even a matter of religion, but a matter of the natural law written upon every human heart in the world. Uh, you know, so it's important then to uh, make sure to never vote for a politician who will seek to accommodate abortion, but to always uh, vote in a way which will bring and usher in, help in usher a culture of life. And another important uh, aspect then is what we, you know, especially promote here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, the Chaplet of Mercy. St. Faustina was given this prayer, especially for those hardened in sin. And Father Chris uh, Alar, he even, uh, you know, pointed out that, you know, a main reason that St. Faustina was given this prayer uh, was to pray for Poland uh, and to help protect them from uh, the divine wrath, the divine justice, which will come upon Poland for their sins, uh, you know, their great crimes. And St. Faustina was told uh, one day by our Lord, she said, in her, she writes in her diary, one day Jesus told me that he would cause a chastisement to fall upon the most beautiful city in our country. I saw the great wrath of God and a shudder pierced my heart. She said, Jesus said to me, my child, unite yourself closely to me during the sacrifice of the mass and offer my blood and my wounds to my father in expiation for the sins of that city. She uh, saw that that city was uh, Warsaw, and her confessor, Blessed Michael Sapochko, uh, you know, asked her, you know, what's the prophecy's meaning, and why would God destroy that city? And Blessed Michael Sapochko uh, said that St. Faustina responded, it was due to the crimes committed there, especially on account of the massacre of infants not yet born, as the most grievous crime of all. And Warsaw indeed uh, was uh, punished. During World War II, it became the most uh, destroyed city of World War II, and some historians say the most destroyed city in war, um, you know, one of the most destroyed cities in any war throughout all of world history. Uh, 90 to 95 percent of the city completely reduced to rubble uh, by Nazi Germany. And this began only a year after St. Faustina's death. You know, during her time, she would pray uh, and offer up the Chaplet of Mercy, unite her prayers at the Mass uh, in reparation for the sins of Poland. And you know, she would pray that God's justice, his divine wrath, would not strike Poland. Uh, she said one time, I found myself pleading with God for the world with words heard in tearly. I was, as I was praying this manner, I saw the angel's helplessness. He could not carry out the just punishment, which was rightly due for sins. Poland, you know, I don't have the statistics of how much they were doing, but if they were considered the abortion capital of the world at that time, uh, and that was 
the retribution they received, you know, it's something to, to be concerned about then for our own country. And yet we see great hope, you know, uh, many of our, our youth and the people in our society today are seeing more and more this uh, great crime against the innocent, those who are unborn. Uh, and St. Faustina said also in her diary that, you know, this uh, great sin would cause her great pain when she would pray for uh, the end of abortion. She wrote in her diary, at 8 o'clock I was seized with such violent pains that I had to go at bed at once. She was trying to make a holy hour, um, but she couldn't because of these violent pains. She said, I was convulsed with pain for three hours, that is, until 11 o'clock at night. At times, the pains that caused me to lose consciousness. Jesus had me realize that in this way, I took part in his agony in the garden, and that he himself allowed these sufferings in order to offer reparation to God for the souls murdered in the wombs of mothers. She writes, if only I could save even one soul from murder by means of these sufferings. Why eight to 11 o'clock? Father Seraphim said that was the time uh, that most abortions took place in, in Warsaw. And so she would feel that pain and would offer up that pain uh, and unite it to Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And Christ's sacrifice on the cross, which is renewed here at Mass, and we extend you know, the offering of that through the Chapel of Divine Mercy, that is what gives us hope in all this because we know it's through the cross that Christ has conquered all sin and death. That's what we heard in our letter to the Hebrews. Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, he entered in not to a sanctuary made by hands, you know, the, a copy like our churches or the old Jewish temple. He entered into the true heavenly sanctuary of the heavenly temple. And he offered the one sacrifice for all ages before him and after him. He offered the one sacrifice which would take away all sin. And that is why we renew the Mass and have done so for the past 2,000 years. And that is why we are given especially the Chaplet of Divine Mercy to especially even outside of Mass extend this sacrifice which takes away all sin. It is by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that sin has been conquered, and through his resurrection, that death has been conquered. And that is why Jesus is able to say to you, Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. All sins and all blasphemies, no matter what has been done, you know, for those who have participated in abortion, for those who have been wounded by abortion, this then is the Lord's invitation to you to bring that to him, to bring it into his ocean of mercy, because no matter what sins take place, the Lord's mercy will completely wipe that away. Even the most serious, grievous sin, even ones like abortion, it's just a drop in the ocean of mercy that the Lord washes away all sins. And so the Lord, he's 
inviting, just begging us to allow our hearts to give any sin, even those of abortion, to give it to him that he might wipe it away. The only sin, he says, that cannot have forgiveness, that is guilty of everlasting sin, is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is the sin of despair, the sin in which we proclaim God's mercy isn't good enough to heal me, to heal and wipe away my sins, that my sin is too great for even God's mercy to be wiped away. That's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The Lord says all sins can be forgiven. And, you know, for those, uh, you know, for those mothers who have been uh, wounded by abortion, you know, turn to ministries like uh, Rachel's Vineyard or Project Rachel, the Lord can work great healing through those ministries and through many other ways, you know, healing can come. And for any mothers who are, uh, you know, that you know of or anyone listening, The Lord, all he asks is for you to trust. Trust is the vessel in which you can receive the Lord's mercy. And so, you know, mothers who, uh, you know, are contemplating an abortion, all they need to do is simply trust, because so often that's what it comes down to and their circumstance, their difficult situation that they've been put in, uh, or sometimes being put in even by no you know, desire of their own. It's a lack of trust, which will usually lead to the sin of abortion. And so trust is so essential, so fundamental uh, to being able to receive the Lord's mercy. And then that's what allows you to be merciful. And if you are merciful to that unborn child, then the Lord will be even more merciful to you. And today, you know, being a day of prayer and penance, then we can, uh, I know a lot of our Marian helpers already offer up the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day, but maybe we can offer up a second one today uh, for the end of uh, abortion, for the healing of all mothers wounded by abortion, and for all legal protection uh, for the unborn, that they too may have justice. Uh, you know, we are praying for peace and justice in this uh, mass for the unborn, but the Lord says, the, the world will not have peace until it turns with trust to my mercy. And so, you know, the Chaplet of my mercy is a great way to do that. And Saint, uh, Pope St. John Paul II gave us five intentions to pray for when we recite the Chaplet of my mercy. He gave us this uh, in an apostolic blessing, you know, in urging us to pray for the culture of of life and ending the culture of death to build a civilization of love. You know, so he said, for each of the five decades, we can pray for five intentions. Uh, for mothers, that they not abort their offspring. For infants, in danger of being put to death in the womb. Uh, 
And third, for a change of heart of providers of abortions and of their collaborators. Fourth, for human victims of stem cell research, genetic manipulation, cloning, and euthanasia. And five, for all entrusted with the government of peoples, that they may promote the culture of life so as to put an end to the culture of death. So keep in mind those uh, five intentions to, to pray for as we pray the Chapel of Divine Mercy today. And know that we are not alone. You know, heaven is with us in praying for uh, the culture of life. Uh, they are interceding, especially our Blessed Virgin Mary, St. John the Baptist, uh, St. John Paul II, who we have here. And even here in our Marian uh, you know, shrine here, St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, the founder of the Marian Fathers, he especially has a great uh, love for canonized, you know, only uh, back in 2016, declared patron of, of those in mortal danger, especially the unborn, because the first uh, miracle for his beatification back in 2007 uh, was the resurrection of a child in the womb. Back in 2001, there was a mother who, after a routine doctor visit, they found there was no heartbeat in uh, the womb. And so her godfather said, pray this novena to this venerable servant of God, uh, Father Stanislaus Papchinsky of Jesus and Mary. And so on the eighth day of praying this novena, uh, the child's heartbeat uh, was heard again. You know, the, the doctors declared that this child in the womb was truly resurrected. And so St. Stanislaus you know, shows for today a great uh, patron for the unborn because he himself was in danger when he was unborn. There's a story that uh, his mother once was traveling home from errands on a ferry boat and a great storm came upon them, and the storm came very quickly uh, and, you know, looked like it was going to capsize the boat, um, and she began praying heavily for protection for her, her unborn child, and, you know, the, the ferryman. And somehow they finally make it across the river, but just before they reach the coast, uh, the boat did indeed capsize from a squall, and they were able to be close enough, though, to uh, swim to the shore safely. And so she attributed that protection uh, from drowning uh, to divine providence. And St. Stanislaus uh, had a great always love for divine providence that we may trust always in divine providence that even when it seems like all is a mistake in the mystery of divine providence, God will bring a greater good out of evil. And so even if you know, a child may seem like an accident or shouldn't have existed, God still breathed life into that child. He, the author of life, determined for that child to exist, and no human has the right to determine when that life ends. And so instead, we must place our trust in divine providence and, like the Lord, bring a greater good out of evil. We must not turn to more darkness to conquer the darkness that, you know, whatever circumstance we find in, like so many women, you know, 
mothers contemplating abortion. Instead, then is the time to be merciful, to conquer that evil with good, to bring light in that dark situation. And so may heaven and all the saints intercede for us that we may always bring light, the light which conquers all darkness, the light of Christ. May we bring that light to a world and culture of death in darkness. The light of Christ will always overcome because of that one sacrifice on the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.